You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Today I got to talk to a data scientist. His name is Alejandro, and he's such an amazing person. I got to know him from a program called Destin for X, where I learned about how much of an amazing person he is. He works as a data scientist in a tech company, Lyft, and it was a super interesting job to hear about because it touches on a lot of different aspects of the tech world. I can't wait for you guys to hear about it. So without further ado, here is the episode. Okay, so let's begin with the interview. So every time I ask the guest the same question to get a good head start for everybody else. So the first question I ask is, what is your job title? Yeah, so my name is Alana Perez and I am a data scientist at Lyft. And what is your job description? So what do you do? That's a good question. It varies quite a bit, but in general, my job is to bring scientific rigor to every single decision made at Lyft. And so what that means is that when the company is going to make a decision, be it to invest marketing dollars or to deploy engineering resources or to make a partnership from a business development standpoint, we use all of our internal data and tools to make that decision as scientific as possible. So... Did you always know that you wanted to go into this kind of job field from an early age? No, is the answer. I so I've always been technical. Like my my grand my grandfather and my dad gave me a computer when I was quite young, and instead of putting it in like the living room back when families had one computer, it would usually go. They put it in my room where I then proceeded to take it apart and tinker with it. And so from there, it kind of became more and more technical. Once I got to college, Harvard has a pretty big culture of like finance and consulting. So I ended up getting a little bit of interest in those fields. And coming out of school, I actually worked at a hedge fund in New York for two years where I was an investor for a variety of reasons I can go into if you like. Sure. You know, I ended up leaving that fund after two years and then kind of did some soul searching for a couple months before mm-hmm. deciding that you know, this, this field might work. And the reason I found it was because I actually, I took a class in, in college called data science with Joe Blitzstein, who's, you know, a great professor and was able to figure out that, Hey, you know, they'll actually pay you to do this. So it's really cool. Hmm. So how would you say you obtained the job? Was it like pretty, just like self-explanatory, just like job interview and like normal, normal way, how you get a job? Yeah, so I I was doing more than job searching. I was I was searching for a career when I was looking for this job. You know, I, I knew I wanted to leave investing at least temporarily, and so in order to find out what to do next, I think the I think the interview process is is an interview for the company to figure out if you're a good you know person to work there as much as it is for is this a good job for you. So the way I, I found jobs. I, you know, I applied to a bunch of places. I applied for everything from product manager roles, to software engineering roles, oh, wow. to like thinking about going to a coding bootcamp to maybe even more finance. But then with Lyft, I got a, I got a homework assignment. So part of the, the interview process for data scientists typically is a homework assignment where they go and they say, hey, here's a data set that's been anonymized. And they're like, okay, ask some questions about this data set and pick it apart. And so they gave me basically a data set that had a bunch of information about drivers and the rides they completed and the fare collected on those rides and gave me 48 hours to sit down and just pick apart that data set. 
So the reason I knew I wanted this job was because when I did that assignment, I didn't sleep for 48 hours. I just like oh, just wow. sat down. Again. Oh, I mean, it was just so much fun. It was just wow. like, you're, it's like you're figuring out like some real world data. And I, that's what I just immediately figured out. Like, that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I guess to like, go on from go on from that, could you kind of explain like, what the job entails? So like, maybe like, some i don't know you don't have to go into like too specific on like you know what exactly do you do but for someone that doesn't know what data science is and for someone that wants to learn more about that what exactly does a data scientist do yeah so i think that it's not dissimilar from investing in that it's making the right decision given a limited resource limited amount of resources so let's say you know lyft has 10 million dollars and 30 engineers and we need to decide in the next six months, what's the best thing we can do with those $10 million and 30 engineers. Mm-hmm. And so a data science organization might split up and say, okay, well, let's treat these things differently and use maybe some of that, that money to do advertising. Okay, so now within that advertising area, what goals are we trying to achieve as a business? And so, so our, our job really is to make sure that we're investing that money properly. So figuring out... You know, should we buy Facebook ads targeted at drivers in San Francisco or should we buy Google ads targeted at passengers in Chicago? And it, it gets a little bit more in the weeds than that. But the idea is making the most efficient allocation. So that's on the marketing side. On the product side, OK, like let's say we have let's say your Snapchat and you want to build like you, we can either build face Fil- I don't even know they're called face face filters or, <laughs> yeah, filters. Uh, or like group chat. And we have to decide, okay, like which one is going to be more impactful for our business? Mm-hmm. If we're trying to retain users, which one's going to be more important? And so that's that's like the return on investment. And the cost might be, okay, well, it's going to take engineers, you know, 10 weeks to build this and 30 weeks to build that. So then you can use data science to figure out and make an approximation as to if we build group chat, then there's going to be an improvement in retention and people are going to refer their, their friends into the, the app more. Versus if they use, you know, the face filters, like they're going to, you know, they're going to send more Snapchats. And like, then you make a trade off using the data we have. Mm-hmm. So for, I guess, like a teenager that wants to work in this field, what are some of the important like fields of study that you need to learn to be able to succeed in this job? Yeah. So I, I think the most important part of being a data scientist or really an employee is just asking the right questions. So I think that the first thing to do and everything is, is just understand what is, does the business need. And so once you have a business intuition, I think that's like kind of table stakes. And, and the reason I say that is because a lot of data scientists tend to get excited about the actual analysis or the coding. But that kind of, I think, that, that's the tool that you need to use to solve the problem, not necessarily the thing that you should go through first. So first of all, you need to like be able to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Second of all, there's technical rigor. Mm-hmm. As part of the part of the job, so knowing how Python works, knowing you know SQL, R, those are kind of like the the, the languages of the trade. But yeah, I think between those two things, that and also just being a, a strong communicator and cross functional partner. I work with mm-hmm. people who are very very technical, people who you know don't code, people who don't have a lot of context on the product we're building. So being able to understand what every stakeholder needs and how they're unique and how to manage those relationships is also very important. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll like try to move on over to like more focus on yourself. So what 
is kind of your daily schedule kind of like when you're working at Lyft? Uh, that's a good, good question. So today, for example, we have a thing called No Meeting Tuesdays, which I think is brilliant. And so that means that there's no meetings and that I can work on actually getting stuff done, which is great. But yesterday, for example, let's see what I did. I met with the science team. So I work with a team of scientists. And so we break up the area of that we're working on. It's different parts. And we talk about what we're working on. So basically, basically the way that I, I would kind of break up our work is into opportunity sizing. So like figuring out how big an opportunity is. And so like think of that as like, okay, if you're going to start a company that sells widgets, how big is the market for widgets? And it gets very specific when you're working in tech. Like, you know, if Google builds a, I don't know, a Linux-based email client, like how many people is that going to serve? Like understanding should they build that? That's part of our job. There's things like building algorithms. So for example, when you call Lyft Ride, the amount of time that it takes to get the ETA, the estimated time of arrival, like showing that to the user, that's another part of, of, of the role. But I, I would say generally the answer to your question is like I spend probably 70% of my time doing IC work, which is individual contributor work, meaning like me coding. And then the remainder kind of aligning with other people talking about, okay, hey, you're a marketer. What are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to increase retention? Are you trying to grow our user base? Are you trying to get referrals up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess like for a teenager that wants to get into this field and really likes like what they're hearing from what you're talking about right now, what do you think they should start doing to get their foot into this field? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think it's math and tech, you know, I've, people have been saying it for a while now, but you know, you should really learn how to code. Even if you're going to be working in a non-technical position, I think every single person needs to know how to code. And it doesn't have to be very good at coding, but just like being able to understand what code says, how it works, and also being able to communicate like what the minimum viable product is to a technical stakeholder. So, yeah, I, I think that you know, as students approach college, you know, think about internships, think about getting experience. I think what you're doing with reaching out to people in industry and understanding what their jobs are like is super impactful and a great way to go about it. So, you know, like go on YouTube, type in like, hey, I'm like, you know, like data scientist, right? Like, and there's, there's a bunch of videos out there talking about what data scientists do and, you know, just see if it interests you. I think that like the magic behind and like the reason I love data science so much is that it works, is that like these are mathematical equations and formulas that, you know, are able to tell us more about the world we live in and help us make better predictions. So like, just get excited, reach out to people. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like, did you start doing that? Did you do that as well when you first wanted to get into this career? Not exactly. So yeah, I, how did I get into figure out what data science? I I was actually sitting in a intermediate level computer science class at school and when I heard that there was a class for data science, I just kind of stood up and walked over. <laughs> and so that was kind of when I knew. And then like I reached out and, you know, luckily I studied a pretty technical and mathematically intensive field. And so I was able to get in that way. But the thing is that the expectations are definitely going up in terms of like what rigor you need to have in order to get into the field. So I say like the earlier you get involved, the 
you know, the quicker you'll be able to be able to wrap up. Hmm. So I can tell that like you didn't always, yeah, like you said before, you didn't always want to get into this data, the data science field. So you already had kind of like the background already, like the math background to know about the field. So do you think it's like easy or hard for someone that doesn't have that math background to get into the field? Like when they, when they want to try to do it or, you know, is it like something that someone can pick up right away or something that you have to like work at for a while? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's definitely something you need to, if you don't have any technical background, it's going to be difficult to make the jump directly. What I would offer people in those positions is to think about more or I guess less technical roles that they can start off in and then position it to more and more technical if, if that's something that interests them. You know, so, so basically what I'm trying to suggest is that like, you can be a quantitative analyst, you can be a data analyst, you can be a business analyst. There's a bunch of roles like business development that, that like, or working in finance that require, you know, the quantitative skill set that aren't as technical and which like kind of start opening the path up towards towards these more specific fields. Similarly, like going to going to school again, there's a lot of graduate programs that, you know, allow people to learn those skill sets. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that also too, like tech is very well known as maybe the one industry where formal schooling doesn't really mean you're you're gonna be successful. So if you're willing and able to sit down and just teach yourself how to do it, it's it's you know, it's definitely doable. There's a, a website called Kaggle.com that hosts data science competitions. So mm. competing on there and developing a profile is a great way to demonstrate your ability in the field. Mm. And like when you first heard about data science, did you know like for sure that you were going to like, I don't know, like fall in love with that industry or what was kind of your mindset when you first heard about it? And did you like, did you know at that moment that you wanted to do this as a career? I mean, so I, I think it's really interesting. I think that data science is is fin- fantastic, and it, it does like satisfy my curiosity in terms of do, do I want to do it for career wise? You know, I, I wouldn't go that far. I think that mm. for me, what's got me most excited about my position right now has been the mission driven component of the work. I think that Lyft, while obviously we have our own issues in terms of you know, driver equity and, and, you know, working with taxi drivers during this transition period into rideshare. I think that generally what we're trying to do is, is, is the right thing in that getting people to utilize and share assets as well as, you know, operating a carbon neutral rideshare network. So generally, I think we're going the right direction. So data science is my favorite seat in that team right now. But if there was another team working towards a mission that I found really compelling, like would be happy to take on any position within it. So I guess what, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, like anybody who's looking, like shouldn't be looking just for the job. They shouldn't be looking just like, oh, I want to be the guy coding. I think somebody who is looking to, to like have an impact and, and, and help a company grow to this mission is going to be better off. Mm. Okay, so I, I'll kind of like move on to a different topic. So you work at a pretty big company and what would you say is what would you say that's kind of like and how would that kind of differ from your previous job at as like as an investor how what's the difference between working in that industry and working at a tech company 
Yeah, so I think the the biggest thing is is in culture. So I think that the management style of tech companies, and granted, I only have one data point, but also through conversations with people in all industry, is the idea of ownership. So one thing I never felt at my last role was that basically that there was ownership attributed to everybody in the in, in in the company. So so what I mean by that is that here at Lyft, right when I started. They gave me a small piece of the pie. They're like, "Hey, like this is yours. If it goes well, good for you. If it goes poorly, it's on you. But you know, you figure out when it gets done, how it gets done, and ultimately are are accountable for its success. And there's also a tolerance for error. So the expectation here is that you know we're right like 85 percent of the time, something like that. And versus in finance, I felt more so that the role was a lot more execution. Base in terms of hey do this task hey do this task and also that the tolerance for error was zero percent so like the expectation is that you're you're right every single time and that if you fail essentially it's a reflection of who you are as an employee and so what I have found is that through this model of giving every team member ownership and saying hey this is yours and if you want more responsibility show us you can handle this responsibility has empowered people to to really drive it drive forward and make an impact. So, you know, for example, like I work kind of sporadically throughout the day and night, like I'll just randomly have an idea and like, you know, jump out of the shower and like write it down because I'm like, wow, about and like thinking about my work on and off. And it uh-huh. doesn't feel like work. It feels like a part of my life uh-huh. that is balanced by other parts of my life. Versus oh, wow. finance, I was like working and then like, you know, you're, you're as valuable as much, as much time as you spend at your desk. So, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest difference. Wow. So, I mean, like, there's, you're obviously like, you know, you really, I can tell you're really passionate about this job and you really love it. So would you say like there's anything that you might want to change or something that you don't like as much about this job or the industry? That's a good question. Yeah. So I, I think, I think there, there's probably a lot. I think that tech it's it's interesting, right? Because like I, I think that it, it's hard to give that feedback because it's also we're going through this transition period where a lot of tech companies were focused on just scaling, and now we're kind of moving moving over to profitability. Mm-hmm. I think that something that's top of mind for me is that as we strive to to shift over, you know, to be a profitable company, that we don't lose sight of our of our, of our mission. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I that I see that in any way here, but. It's just something that I'm uh, that's particularly top of mind for me as as this um, transition goes on. That said, like being profitable is you know extremely important for the sustainability of a company. You know, I, I just hope that the industry doesn't kind of forget the reason why some people got excited about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I guess it's like we're nearing the end because you've answered like every single one of my questions already. What does the future look like for you? Like, what do you want to? keep doing or what do you want to like do that's like on your goal list or yeah like what do you want to do uh, i want to change the world man <laughs> uh, <laughs> i i mean like i uh-huh. i think technology is part of the industrial revolution like the third industrial revolution for us and you know like i think the impact that you can have as a one person is bigger than ever before and so you know like via lift i for example 
it got in uh, hundreds of thousands of people to sign up to be Lyft drivers via experiments that I've run. Oh, wow. You know, I'm working on a product now that's going to touch millions of people mm-hmm. is something that is just unique to technology and something that I think we're going to answer a lot of questions, both like, what does this look like as an industry? What does it look like for the economy? What does it look like for social equity? And thinking through that is really powerful. Similarly, I mean, like we so we met through Desit for X, and 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 that, that that's a that's an organization that we operate again, facilitated like it would be impossible, right? Like we we talk on Slack, we chat over Hangouts, mm-hmm. we coordinate over Facebook and email, and it's something that just wasn't possible 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that like keeping just keeping the ball rolling and seeing where it goes is going to be the most interesting part of our lives. Wow. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode with. Alejandro, thank you so much for being on the podcast and talked a lot about data science. And I really liked how you talked about the importance of how like there's like, you know, there's technical aspects to the job, but then there's also different aspects like communications and also different skills like you need to under you need to understand different parts. And I liked how you touched upon how it works with like different aspects of the of the company. So you work with like a marketing team and then you work with a science team so that was really interesting and yeah so i just want to say thank you so much and i'm sure a lot of people like learned a lot today about this profession yeah my, my pleasure man thanks for thanks for making the time uh, I, I would just say that like people confuse the fact that it, you're working in a tech company that you might be working with robots or just computers but at the end of the day the people you work with and the people you're serving you know are all people so just making sure that's top of mind is really important and also just want to throw in a plug for DestinForX.com if anybody sure. is interested in learning more about what we do there. So, yeah, great. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.